Hello again, everyone. My name is David Bastel, alongside ARIA President David Oikel, and this is the Real Estate Edition podcast. Today, we have a very special episode. In the spirit of giving back this holiday season, we're talking to three realtors that have done incredible work bringing their communities together. We talk about giving back to their community and all that comes with it. Their three stories have been featured in a mini documentary video series for our Real Heart Initiative which you can find by visiting www.realheart.ca. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you're listening. Now here's our chat with Andrea, Michelle, and Darren. You're listening to this month's episode of The Real Estate Edition with hosts Dave Bastel and ARIA President David Oikel. We don't want to give too much away because we want everyone to go watch your incredible videos, but let's start off by introducing yourselves and telling our listeners a little more about the work that you do. So let's start off with Andrea and then Michelle and Darren. Uh, Tell us a little bit of something uh, about yourself. My name is Andrea Florian. Um, I'm in Burlington, Ontario. I work in the Halston region. And my team runs a weekly food drive that is porch pickup food drives every week for the local food banks and shelters. Michelle? And I'm Michelle Leong Francis, and I'm from Durham region. And I'm involved in a program we created called the Leon program. It is a youth and trades, and we've just launched uh, our in-house art uh, showcase. Hi, my name is Darren Bartels. I live in Waterloo and work in the Waterloo region and uh, help together with a number of people to help some of the restaurants that were uh, feeling the pinch from COVID and um, delivering some food for them and also for some people that were shut in and couldn't get out. Those are all fantastic. So your stories are all so different, uh, but they have one thing in common. You know, they're all focused on giving back to uh, the communities that you have given, that have given you so much as a realtor and a community member. So talk about why you felt the need to give back in the first place. Was it something you thought about for a long time? and recently acted upon, or, uh, or or did the pandemic motivate you? Let's start with Darren. Uh, familiar with volunteering, I've been coached a lot of sports and hockey, but during the pandemic, obviously we weren't able to do that. So I uh, was looking for something to do, um, also for my own time, because obviously we weren't doing as much or getting out as much, and, and I stumbled across this initiative that was started, and uh, I wouldn't have done it, obviously, if it wasn't a pandemic, but that, that was what started, and, and really thought I could help out with this it's quite simple to jump in on jump in with both feet so andrea for us we'd always done food drives as a team um usually we had done it seasonally however um once covid hit we heard a plea from the food banks saying that they were an all-time low and we were just sort of feeling helpless as a team as to what we could do and we wanted to be really careful about the messaging we put out there just because we knew a lot of people were feeling anxious about about getting out there. Um, and we knew that there were a lot of young families that might not be able to get out and contribute, but who wanted to help in some way. So we just thought, well, why don't we do this weekly and make it a repetitive thing so we can just keep showing up and maybe it'll also inspire others to do some more work and also inspire some hope in the community. Fantastic. Michelle? So I've, I'm a bit of a veteran in the volunteer and give back community. Um, I learned and was inspired by my father and I am a model for my kids and in my community. But certainly 2020 was um, 
an opportunity to enhance the work that we were doing and focus really on getting our young people back out there, feeling value and supporting their economic growth. Many young people lost their employment. So we knew we wanted to do something to support a few industries. And that's how we birthed the Youth in Trades program, um, which comes from our Leon uh, segment of our business, but uh, something certainly we're doing for, for many years before. Andrea, let's talk about Burlington Cares Food Drive. Uh, we, we're speaking more about motivation and, and talk about motivating the people around you that get involved, whether members of your team, colleagues, friends, etc. How do you go about uh, that with the Burlington Cares Food Drive? Well, when we first started doing these drives, we used to find that a lot of people in the community just sort of jumped on board here and there. And so we always saw that there was a desire in the community to do things. Um, and even amongst the team, there was always a desire amongst the team to do things. So I never really had to ask more than once. The minute I mentioned food drive to the team, they just all jumped right on board. Um, but when we were all sort of struggling during the pandemic and trying to figure out how to get people motivated and to show up every week, um, I, I mentioned it to the team right away. They immediately jumped on board, as I mentioned before. Uh, we started with social media posts and we wanted to keep it positive. The news was so heavy and we wanted to get the message out to people that every little bit was going to count. And I was thinking about families that couldn't get out of the house or seniors who wanted to help in some way, but felt like their little contribution of three or four cans of food wouldn't make a difference. Um, and feeling like it wasn't worth the drive for those three or four cans of food to go all the way down to the food bank or the women's shelter to get things going. So what we thought was let's pick up from everybody's porch individually, get people inspired. We did lots of, we did some banners and things and we called it Burlington Cares just to kind of put another positive message out there. And whenever we did a pickup, we made sure that we took lots of pictures of all the food that had added up because the messaging we wanted to give to people was that even your little four cans of food or six packages of toothpaste was making a difference. And the car loads were just phenomenal. We had to take three different separate car loads and then we ended up having to request help from volunteers to take the loads in some weeks. Um, and at the end, at one point, because we were not able to actually take them to the food bank at one point, um, one of our local counselors had to arrange for a local business to allow us to house all the food and everything. And then this way, all of the different charities and organizations could come pick up from there. And as a joint effort, the Salvation Army, Burlington, um, Burlington Food Bank, Women's Shelter, everyone was uh, getting a piece of the pie, so to speak. Um, but really pumping up the message through social media and saying thank you consistently showing gratitude was a big message for us. And the minute we started doing that, all of a sudden we found that there were people popping up on streets, collecting for their entire street and recognizing them and thanking them as well, too, even though that wasn't why they were doing it still made people feel good about the community. And now the doom and gloom was gone because we were seeing people doing great things in the community. And that just kind of kept like skyrocketing and steamrolling. And the next thing you know, we were getting requests. And all of a sudden, Food for Kids charity was calling us saying, okay, can you do a backpack a fundraiser? A women's shelter was running out of toiletries. And all of a sudden, now we get requests from people. We just recently did a coat drive for the Salvation Army. And we're currently doing a toy drive and a food drive and doing warm blankets and socks as well for the food bank. So it just seems to just, now that the need's there and the door has been opened, it just seems to flow. 
That's fantastic for sure. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, so I think a lot of people listening want to give back, but get overwhelmed at the at the prospect of finding an initiative to get involved with. You know, Darren, your story is an example of just looking through social media, seeing an opportunity and jumping on it. Can you talk about your experience looking for an, an initiative to get involved with? You know, did you have any hesitations? I really, it was, it was a neighborhood, local neighborhood group that I was kind of following and and it was watching how they were progressing over kind of each post each week. And uh, they were getting bigger and bigger. And I think they put the call out uh, if anybody would like to volunteer as a driver. Um, and being close to the neighborhood, I, I uh, messaged the organizer and said, you know, if you want, I can be happy to help you out on Tuesdays and make, I'll make the time available. And it was um, really quite seamless. He messaged back right away and said, we'd love to have you. Um, here's where you need to be and when. So uh, I was in with both feet <laughs> almost immediately. So, Darren, you know, as I understand this, this these were uh, this uh, organization was helping restaurants uh, keep their business going. Is that what I understand it? You know, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. So they, they focused on local um, smaller restaurants that are run, uh, I want to say the mom and pop shops, but they, they were all feeling the pinch and had to let their staff go and, and were um, really desperately trying to keep their doors open. So the, the, the group would pick a restaurant each week and um, put out a, a set menu to their group on their Facebook group chats, which grew uh, exponentially. And people would put their order in the week before and uh, the organizer compiled it and sent it to the restaurant. So they knew on Tuesdays exactly how many lunches they had to serve, how much food they had to order, and, and they got paid for it immediately. So um, we'd pick it up at the restaurant, at the house and, and deliver it. It was just, uh, they were ecstatic. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I want to ask all of you this question because uh, it, there is really a, a, a difference of, of how much you can give back and, and even a little goes a long way. So uh, a, lot of que- a lot of people will ask, well, how much work is it really uh, to give back? And, and I know you all have different answers, but we want to give our listeners an honest idea of what goes into it, just how big or how small uh, it, it is. And let's start off with you, Michelle, as far as that, uh, can you, can you give our listeners a little perspective of that? Well, as you, as you mentioned, uh, Dave, it, it really does vary in terms of how little or small, uh, that contribution will be. And mine has always been, you know, I'm a, I'm a big go big or go home kind of person. So <laughs> you can either run alongside me or you can kind of pick up the things that I've forgotten to do in, in the back end. So you always have variety with me, but certainly it really does uh, change. You can spearhead something that's very small, um, such as, you know, just supporting people, just navigating their anxiety over these last two years and being someone to listen um, to some of their concerns and not necessarily find a solution, but just a person who listens. Then there's there's always uh, a new initiative that you can create. You see a, a huge gap and, and it's turning into a chasm and you want to really focus on what can I do to really um, bridge that gap. And I think by, by Andrea and Darren's comments, I think even with this that we're talking about here, we're seeing such a diversity, but all but all along the same lines. So even somebody volunteering on a weekend for a couple hours, it does make the difference, doesn't it? It certainly does. Um, there, not everyone can be there twenty four hours a day. So if they can pick up two hours, where I've just you know I've exhausted all of the 
the, the fuel in the tank, then that makes a huge difference. And then there's some people who, you know, all the time they have is overnight. Well, that's great for packing things away. That's great for strategizing. That's great when I open my eyes in the morning, I'll see those emails there and know what to action. Uh, what I really, really enjoy is someone keeping me on track. And there's plenty of people that maybe don't want to go out and connect, can't stay, you know, can't get out or don't want to go out. But they'll say, you know, this lady, she's got great energy. Let's just funnel it and I'll help keep her organized. And that is a huge, um, huge support and huge impact. Andrea, as far as balancing all your commitments, do you have a difficult time with it or is it just a matter of time management and you do what you can do? And, and for, for you, it's, it's quite, quite a bit. It is. And at the beginning, you know, I don't think we really knew what we were getting into. It's like, oh, we're just going to do this food drive and people are going to contribute and off we go. And now we've got Excel sheets and flow charts going every week to make sure we haven't missed everybody. Yeah. We've got um, several different people on the team dedicated to different portions of what we're doing. So what could be, I mean, it's not to belittle it, like what we did before and a little food drive you know, four times a year or around Christmas time, that's still a huge help. And every little bit counts, which is a bit of the message that all of us seem to have here today. However, at the same time, this has definitely been a bigger commitment as a team. And, and for us, we just want to keep showing up. It is hard to balance. We do try to keep Friday mornings clear or make sure someone on the team is uh, consistently clear so that they can handle the drive that week. And, and there are a couple of people in the community that deliver, that donate um, so much to us that if those particular people show up on the list, we know that we're going to need the bigger van for that load and that one person isn't going to be able to handle all the loads that day either. So it is a, we get Facebook text messages, emails, it's coming from all over the place consistently. Um, so just monitoring it, keeping track of it, putting the route together every week. It's, it's, it's a bit of a job. It's a, we've, we've created a job. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. And Darren, I really like the way you, you, you uh, brought up in a previous answer where you block off a certain amount of time because you know that commitment is there. That kind of goes with time management, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, because we have a bit of flexibility in our schedules, but I always had that uh, time that was non-negotiable uh, during this period because uh, I, I committed my time to him. So Tuesday mornings, um, I, uh, that that was always happening. And actually, you know, really looking forward to it because uh, it really was enjoyable to get out and see people. And you know, you're delivering food, they're happy to see you. So. Sure they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's fantastic. Um, so, so Michelle, you know, you've built a lot of relationships with people in your community, uh, you know, specifically with the city of Pickering and the mayor. You know, for those out there who want to get more involved on a local level, you know, what advice do you have for them? How I started was I, I really loved the community that I had moved into. And that love made me want to extend myself to helping local community members, um, and of course, uh, yes, the current mayor hears a lot from me, but um, so did the previous. <laughs> so I, I make sure anyone who is coming new to that seat is aware of who I am and uh, how I can help bridge some gaps that maybe the city can't. And I'll tell you, they actually welcome for community members to connect with them because their, their jurisdiction or their reach is only so far. So when you as a community member want to initiate something and, and reach out to local municipalities, they're very interested in what it is you're helping to bridge a gap in. So 
so always reach out to your council person if they're not available. You've got a mayor. It's only one person to remember. And definitely reach out to them because there are definitely gaps, especially now post-2020. And they'll help you navigate because they're focused and their interest is in making the community better. And as soon as they see someone who's got that mutual interest, they're there to support and will provide, if not resources, um, learning, some ideas, and maybe next steps that you could consider. We will be back after this short break. Join the ARIA Realtor Research Community to have your say when it comes to the services ARIA provides, the recommendations we make to the government, and the strategic priorities of the association. You'll receive exclusive content and be entered into monthly draws every time you complete a survey. Visit joinarearesearch.com to sign up and join an exclusive community of realtors making a difference. Joinarearesearch.com. Michelle, um, you know, do you feel you can leverage your position as a realtor to make uh, community partnerships? I certainly have. I, I, you know, one of the things that I always looked at as a realtor, and some people don't enjoy this, but I love door knocking. Um, so I get to go around the neighborhood. I see what's changed. I see if there's a new development. I see how people design their homes. I get some exercise at the same time. And so it's really an opportunity for not only leverage in, in my relationship with, with municipality, but also with the community. They get to see me as a regular fixture, not somebody who comes out just when she needs something. The person that they can ask for a favor or ask, you know, what local store has just opened. Or I can even give them suggestions on how they've designed their, their front patio um, <laughs> just because I've seen their neighbor a few doors down do something really interesting. So I think there's an opportunity to leverage. And I think it, it just really makes sense as a realtor to be connected and to get out there in the community. Question for all of you. And let's start off with you, Darren, on this one. Uh, how does it feel when you're working on your project? During that period of time, there was a lot of negativity happening um, during COVID. And so um, sometimes it was easy to get down or, you know, not only people you talk to were not you know, too happy just because of the situations they were in. So this was really a, a kind of the highlight for the week um, for myself. And I know all the other volunteers that were helping with it and also the people that were not, not only the restaurants, they were able to keep their staff employed. Um, but the, the recipients of the food that ordered. So Tuesday was kind of a highlight of the week um, and look forward to it. It was at least something that, you know, always looking forward to, you know, the week of how can you be positive? Uh, that turned out to be our biggest you know, positive of the week. Yeah. What about yourself, Andrea, as far as uh, how it makes you feel working at the at the food bank? I feel I feel inspired, actually. I was just there yesterday and I I sorry on Friday. I was just there and um, I was listening to all the stories of what some people even within the food bank do. And it just feels nice to be amongst people who feel the same way and who want to contribute as much. I was hoping when we started that we would just feel a sense of relief, like a sigh of relief of, okay, we're doing something. I didn't expect to actually be emotional when, when I actually did have members of the community reach out to me to personally thank me who might be in the women's shelter or using the food drive um, for their own personal gain, of course, right? Um, and I didn't realize that I would you know, find myself sobbing on a Friday afternoon crying. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it definitely is something that makes you feel like 
it just brings a good reality check home if you think that your problems are so big, but you've got a roof over your head and food on your plate. And it just simplifies everything and brings it right back down to earth. Michelle, I, I sense that uh, your answer is probably pretty similar considering all the work that you do as well. Very much so. And, you know, uh, it doesn't take much to get me very excited. So um, anything that I can do to support someone else that's going through a difficult time is always very inspiring for me. Many of the programs that I've created are legacy programs. They've been named after someone who's no longer here. And and that name can live on through supporting other people. And they can actually identify with, with that person's journey. And it, it makes things a little bit more impactful, I would say. Um, so yes, all of the initiatives have been very deeply rooted for me and bring me immense joy. Did you expect to feel that way when you first got this started? No, I, I underestimated, um, I always say to people, um, I tend not to be, I try not to be emotional because I don't cry very pretty. (laughs) So I try to avoid those kind of scenarios. But honestly, um, when you, when you have a, I have two younger kids, uh, they're aspiring adults. And, um, when you see another person's child really struggling, uh, because everything that they had planned for, for 2020 has fallen apart on them and they're navigating challenges at home. It, it really makes you as a parent, um, as a community member, it makes you really want to move mountains to do something to help that person. And so it's, it's been very emotional. I haven't cried yet because I understand <laughs> my challenge. And so, but yes, I, I never thought it would be this emotionally charged. And I didn't realize so many people would stand up and come to the cause and really kind of support me in a very big way. So Darren, um, do you feel there is a crossover between being a realtor and being a volunteer? I think it's, you know, for me, it was getting involved. I've always been involved in different forms of volunteering, but uh, if I'm a realtor, I want to know what's happening in my area, my neighborhoods, and being a part of it. So I think it gives us a better understanding, but also uh, if I use our example of some of these local restaurants, I'd never heard of them or been to them before and got the opportunity to try them and was able to share that information with some of my other colleagues at the work or office or my uh, clients as well, saying, have you tried this place? Um, by not being involved in, you know, in the local community or volunteering with the community, I wouldn't know that or be a resource um, to my clients. Darren, what do you consider are the biggest benefits of volunteering? Uh, for me, it's it's giving um, personal satisfaction, being able to do something that maybe somebody else can't do or I'm helping them along. Um, I get a great deal of pride in my neighborhood and my region and, and being a part of being able to make it better. Um, and just sharing that experience and then hopefully that other people will be as excited as I was about it or I am about it to, to get involved. No, thank you. Uh, Andrea? For me, the biggest benefit of being a volunteer within my community is feeling connected to my own community. I'm getting a lot of joy out of, I'm, I'm getting a lot of joy out of uh, also feeling connected to other people who feel like-minded. Uh, somebody, many people have told me throughout my life, just do what makes sense for you and you'll attract the same back. And as I do the work, 
I'm finding that I'm attracting and meeting other people who are doing really great work and, and even more work than I could possibly imagine. Um, and that is certainly uh, really rewarding for me to be a part of that and to know that I'm giving something back, not just taking as well, of course. Oh, fantastic. Michelle, what about yourself? Well, I'm, cer- I'm certainly Durham proud and uh, it has allowed me to really meet some amazing people in my community. Um, and, and the amazing thing over the last two years is any larger organization that I've ever had, maybe, you know, a, a high barrier to entry to gain their attention. The last two years has been really phenomenal. People have been really open to doing different. And I've been, I've been able to support them in ways that maybe they didn't have reach. So those connections that have been achieved over the last few years in specific have been phenomenal. And they're, they're more than just business connections. They're personal relationships that have been forged. I'll ask um, an interesting question because just just learning more about you and, and watching your videos and so forth, uh, I kind of feel silly asking you this, uh, and we'll start off with Andrea, but uh, and it's almost like volunteering seems, uh, I'm not going to say addicting, but it's kind of like that where you do one thing and you know you can do another one and you know you can do another one. So with, with you, Andrea, what uh, what's next? for you uh, in, in the whole scope of everything that you do? Um, in terms of what's next for us with the Burlington Cares Food Drive is, uh, well, we thought about expanding territory right now. Though, this is what I'm talking about. Talk, <laughs> <laughs> we've, talk, we've talked about it. We've had other um, people within the community reach out to us from different areas. And we've, we've tried to imagine whether or not we would be able to create something that would still be sustainable, that wouldn't just be a one-off and then sort of implode. The goal definitely is to keep Burlington Cares Food Drive going on forever. Just because COVID ended doesn't mean that hunger has ended. Um, and the ram effects, the, the side effects of, um, of what COVID has created has created more hunger within the community. So we definitely, there's definitely going to be some repair that's going to be needed long-term. And even once COVID has passed, I do feel like this has opened up a vault for us. And now we recognize just how much is needed and that it can't just be that at Thanksgiving or Christmas, we show up, we need to show up consistently. And I really want to get that messaging through to the community. And we're starting to notice that already uh, through the community Facebook groups that people are tagging us whenever somebody says, I have some old coats to give. And they're asking Andrew Floria and ask the realty team. So, um, so I think we're on our way there, but we have work to do. What about yourself, Darren? Uh, what's next? Uh, currently we on the same uh, theme of food drive um, through our offices of coordinated the food drive specifically for this time of the year um, because it's something that's in, in need currently right now and also then our group is um, going over to the food bank uh, this week to package up food hampers emergency food hampers for uh, there's a number of people in need obviously this year and we'll probably continue that as a, as a regular event um, not just the, the one-offs because people need to eat all the time not just one so uh, we can continue going and doing that and looking for other opportunities and exploring where else things uh, that, you know, I can help or uh, fits, fits in with my ideas. Yeah. What about yourself, Michelle? Well, the Henry Alexander House birthed the Leon program with Youth and Trades and, uh, and that was 2020. And of course, now we're going back indoors and we birthed actually on December 1st with the launch of uh, 
our videos, we launched The Wall, which is um, an indoor uh, piece of real estate being donated by realtors, which is really awesome. And our community members are able to contribute their art pieces to be on that wall and allows them to have, you know, quarterly um, visibility and also to be able to sell their products, which are amazing gifts for anyone who is buying or selling properties. So we're moving forward. Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Well, as we're uh, as we're wrapping up um, this great conversation. So if you could leave the listeners with one thing. One, one piece of advice, what would it be? Let's start with you, Darren. One small step can make big bounds. So just um, start out with something small and watch it grow. Uh, Andrea? It's the same message. Small seeds can become amazing things and it takes a village. Every little contribution matters. So last word to Michelle. You don't have to have all the answers before you start. Mm. Wow, that uh, that's those are all fantastic mm-hmm. messages. So, uh, what a great conversation! Put me in, Coach. Where? When? How can I get involved? Let's go. <laughs> that was so fantastic. Andrea, Darren, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great conversation. Before we go, I want to remind you that all ARIA members and their families have access to LifeWorks, a well-being solution that provides users with 24-7 access to counselors, specialists, and self-guided resources for dealing with all of life's moments. Visit aria.com forward slash LifeWorks for more information and to access the service. We're approaching the end of year, and that means one thing. New year, new forms. Be sure to join the ARIA Standard Forms team for the 2022 Forms and Clause Update webinars to get up to speed on all the forms updates and revisions coming in 2022. Part 1 is streaming on December 15th, followed by Part 2 on January 26th. Register now at aria.com forward slash standard forms. Are you looking at strengthening your leadership skills? then you'll want to sign up for Leadership 300, Enhancing Leadership Skills, a course that's being offered at ARIA's 2022 Peak Leadership Summit in January. This course is perfect for anyone who wants to strengthen their leadership skills, whether you're in a community group, on a board of directors, or want to get involved in the leadership process. Visit www.ariapeaksummit.com to register for the Leadership 300 course today. That's it for today from Maria President David Oikel and myself, David Bastel. Stay safe, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you again in the new year. Visit aria.com slash podcast for more information, links, and a full list of our episodes to date. New episodes are out the second Tuesday of every month.